Welcome to the Key Wellbeing Podcast and our new series, Lunchtime Listens, where it's all about real clients, real employee wellbeing challenges, and of course, real expert advice. Let's get started. life balance, a phrase that we've heard so much of since the start of the pandemic and something that has become a deal breaker for job hunters, with research revealing that two thirds of employees think that work life balance is much more valuable than pay. But is a healthy work life balance really achievable? We're joined today by the wonderful Sarah Howard to find out. Sarah is a super passionate project lead for Teesside's digital equality charity, Tech Equal, former director and business owner of childcare business, Una Nannies, and most importantly, a mom to her one-year-old daughter, Alpha. Since returning to full-time work as a new mom, Sarah has been totally transparent about her roller coaster journey and the challenging transition period of nanny to business owner, to mummy and business leader. Yet she shows that having a career doesn't have to come at the cost of being an awesome parent. We're delighted to have Sarah join us today to talk all about the importance of work-life balance and how employers can play a key part in helping their people to achieve it. So welcome, Sarah. Hello. Hey, hey, hey. How are you? Yeah, I'm really good. Thanks. Um, It's actually a bit, I feel like January is a bit of a strange one, isn't it? So it's been a little bit quiet and now we're really starting to like kick into second gear. So yeah, things are stressful. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Just really feel like zero to a hundred immediately after the Christmas break. And I've certainly felt that on our side. (laughs) Literally, I think you get that sort of maybe like five to seven grace day period where you don't know who's coming back at what time. And then all of a sudden everybody's back and it's like, okay, back in the room now. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thanks so much for taking the time to chat with us today. And uh, especially at this time of year, when obviously things are ramping up and things are full pelt. (laughs) So we wanted to talk to you today about work-life balance, or should we say life-work balance. And it's something that we've seen you um, post a bit about and sharing a bit of your journey and sort of hopefully, you know, bringing some reality into what it actually means to be... Normality, um, I just think. It's like normal life. Yeah, a person with many responsibilities, many plates to spin, as we all do. So it's really um, great to get your insight. So a big question to start off with then. Uh, Why is having good work-life balance important for our well-being, in your opinion? So I'm I'm going to be quite controversial. I'm going to say I don't think anybody has the perfect work-life balance. And I think they're all just figuring out along the way which I suppose links to when you were saying I'm happy to share my work-life balance and normality because I don't I think everyone is striving to achieve that but I'm not going to say that everyone has that I think we're all striving to achieve it um, especially more now because I think people are realizing I want to say just how little time you have on this earth Mm -hmm. and how it's kind of impressed upon you from a young age we're all joining the rat race and you work and you work and you work and you work and I think now it's more pressed upon people about how we're here for a short time, not a long time. And actually we want to enjoy our lives more. Um, and I think that has a big, that's a big thing. So I think we're all striving for work-life balance more because we wish what we've all realized, you know, we want to enjoy the time we're here rather than just work. Is it work to live or live to work? <laughs> it depends on your perspective, doesn't it? <laughs> um <laughs> But yeah, that's a really good point. You know, um, I think that, you know, I suppose our, our parents, they were quite often working in organizations for a long time, um, pledge your allegiance to 
someone and you would work there until retirement. And of course, our generation and um, the ones that are following are very different and starting to reevaluate what do we want to be doing with majority of our week, which is the Monday to Friday is historically the work hours. And um, yeah, just reevaluating that. So it's good that we're all taking a step back to your point. And I think that like it's stepping out against the norm. I think there's a lot of that happening in lots of different industries. But I think, like you said, our parents and our like older generations never did that. Whereas now it's quite a common thing that we're getting businesses coming up with hybrid or remote working models. So that gives people work-life, work-life balance. But I think work-life balance or life-work balance means something different to everybody, depending on who you are and what your life looks like or what lifestyle you're trying to achieve depends what that looks like for you so I think people are now just a little bit braver in saying this is what I'm striving for Mm. and they're trying to find a work-life situation that comprises of more of that yeah that works for them absolutely well the next thing I want to ask you sort of follows on quite nicely from that then so I, I think that most people would agree that it seems like employers quite often put it all on working mothers to sort of manage returning to work after maternity leave and you've got lots of responsibilities with you know a new child or potentially some existing children that you have and you know we've got to manage that balancing act as women that choose to have children and work so what are your thoughts around that so I have had a negative and positive experience of that whole situation I was in a situation after having my daughter where I was working with and alongside of a team of people who didn't value my health and my work life and home balance as a new mother and subsequently under the pressure of wanting to perform I let my health fall to the wayside and I suffered really quite badly with um, postnatal depression thankfully having had experience with my own mental health before I was able to pick up on that quite early and um, react and actually then sort of take a step back. Um, so I, I like the phrase, put yourself in check. I like put myself in check. I was like, okay, what's going on here? Um, why am I not feeling, you know, I have, I have a newborn daughter. Why am I not feeling this like joyful, like all these emotions? And I suppose what I used to describe it as was um, I never felt in the room. I felt like I was someone on the outside of the room looking in. And I was never able to get the enjoyment. I was like, there's something in the way, there's something a block. And ultimately that was being in a situation whereby my well-being when it came to work was just cast aside because of what mattered in work was what their focus was. Um, On the flip side, having taken a step back from that situation, I'm now in a situation where the only thing I realised that I wanted was flexibility to have a work-life balance and find a role. I was lucky enough to find a role um, where that's something that this, um, the person who I'm working with now also valued. Um, so I think it's really difficult because there is a lot of, there's a lot of change happening. There's a big shift for working mothers whereby women are able to do both. You are able to have a career and a family. And the answer to that is flexibility. Um, but it's not, it's not unmeasured flexibility is probably what I would say. And what I mean by that is, you know, if I can, for example, spend three afternoons a week with my daughter, but hit every target I'm set at work, what is the issue there? If I am not hitting my targets at work and I'm spending three afternoons with my daughter, then there's a conversation to be had whether this is working. But I think 
more of those conversations are happening now and more employers are having more conversations with their team around what do their team need to be able to work well and successfully um, rather than the employers dictating the terms of work. Yeah. And it's the the best way um, to hold on to your talent, right? There's so there are so many people, particularly women, who end up leaving the workforce straight after having a child because that flexibility isn't offered to them or it's not um, even woven into being it being a possibility around menopause when we start to have our brain fog and we're maybe not on point all of the time and we sort of end up leaving the workforce at that point. And so I think that, um, yeah, there are there's so many opportunities where organizations are losing top talent, top skills. It's super expensive <laughs> to replace that. So why aren't we doing more about uh, making um, yeah, work be more flexible for people? And really, when the solution is very simple, just ask the question. You know, if somebody is saying, you know, I want... Um, four months off a year and if, if their expectations of what they can have from the business without um taking away from the business is unrealistic then fair enough but actually I think there's a really simple conversation employers can have with employees about what is a realistic expectation of keeping up your well-being all whilst doing your job and meeting KPIs goals outcomes and having sort of a shared vision of where the business is going and I yeah, think and just really recognizing the human, I suppose, in who we've we've hired. Uh, they come with they come with a life, you know. And let's sort of see how we can make this be symbiotic. And <laughs> I think that's the thing. I think it's opening those conversations, and actually not being like frightened to have those conversations with your team because they're going to come back and say, you know, we want a four day work week, or we don't want to work afternoons, or we want to start at ten. It's being open to okay. Well, if I give you X you have to deliver, still deliver on why. So we'll try it. If it works, great. If it doesn't work, we rehash then, okay, well, can we try something else? Um, and I think it is about employers being more open to a new way of working that supports well-being and the health and well-being of their team to, like you said, retain high-performing members of staff. 100%. One of the things that we really admire about you is just your transparency and honesty about all of this stuff, about the challenges and juggling work and parent life. How important do you think it is to you to lead by example? Very. <laughs> I think there are not enough. We we are we live in a world where we are influenced by stick thin people who have no stresses and live in hotels drinking cocktails by the pool and work remotely and that is the lifestyle that everybody is craving but that is not reality and especially for me as a mum I don't want my daughter to grow up being influenced into an ideology that doesn't exist I grew up with like a wild imagination, but realistically, how are you going to get there? Dream big, but how are you going to get there? Mm, absolutely. And I think, I think like, those lifestyles have a shelf life as well, right? If someone said, right, well, all you've got to do is lie on the beach and drink cocktails for the rest of your life. I mean, you'd probably get bored <laughs> of that pretty quickly, wouldn't you? But I think what you don't see behind, you know, some of these people that are like, and it's why I'm so big on sharing, you know, the realities of my life. Like I would not say I'm not a successful person. I think success means to me something different than it means to you and it means something different to the person sat next to me but hard work goes into success 
And these lifestyle influencers and the things we see on social media, what we don't see that they're not sharing are the down days, is the hard work they're putting in behind the scenes. And I think that's what our children and the future generations need to see. And that's what I am. I would like to say if I was going to influence anyone, it's, you know, you everyone has down moments. Everyone has up moments. And it's important to share both and normalise um, like all of all, everything that happens. Um, one thing I one thing I would say is, you know, you go through these big life events, um, and this is something I'm specifically passionate about is um resilience and resilience to your emotions. And people are very quick now to label depression and anxiety, and these are all like sadness is a normal feeling, anxiety is a normal feeling, feeling anxious about life events is normal and what we have to do is we just have to show that everybody feels sad everybody feels angry everybody feels worried everybody feels anxiety and there are these are normal and acceptable things to feel and you can say them out loud and there shouldn't be a stigma attached to any of these feelings these are just emotions and if we start teaching younger people that these feelings are normal and we just normalize sharing everything we build resilient people so we don't just get to adulthood and expect to feel resilient to anxiety we teach them from a young age you know feeling sad is okay feel your feels I'm consistently saying this to a lot of people just feel your feels like work through your feelings say them out loud you will feel better for saying them out loud but it doesn't make you the odd one out because you are feeling anxious today does it make you the odd one out because you're feeling sad today or sad for a week? You know, I think there are different ranges. And I do think that, you know, yes, there is definitely a point where uh, people stepping in is absolutely necessary. Um, medication for certain, um, I've lost my words, but medication for some diagnosed conditions is absolutely necessary. Um, but what I absolutely think is important is that a large part of what we don't do is just normalize big feelings and if we did what would be the outcome would we have more people been able to you know process these big feelings without needing medication without the need for intervention because actually we've just normalized what everybody is going through at one time or another um but just to put a bit of a twist on that, I think that there's a bit of a push and a bit of a switch now to people being more open about their mental health and starting to speak up and share. But where do you think the, the balance lies or the fine line lies? If you look at some of the um, people that have a big following on LinkedIn, for example, you know, some people that kind of want to start to be a bit more open about their, their mental health without oversharing. And that's the worry that sort of holds them back. I think this is like an authenticness. There's an authenticness with sharing your life. And my opinion is that if you are not being authentic, social media knows you're not being authentic. And I think you don't just wake up one day and decide, oh, I'm going to talk about my mental health. You are somebody who thinks it's important to share all of your life. And there are people on social media who do wake up and see it as a trend and jump on that trend. And I think that's what we have to change. You know, the conversation around normality and what is normal life, everybody knows what normal life looks like. 
everybody you know everybody wakes up on a morning has their breath but like all of the stuff that the mundane stuff everybody experiences that on a day-to-day basis and I think that we all know what normal normal and authentic looks like and I think that like I think you can see it a mile off I think you can genuinely see with social media and with sharing your truth when someone isn't being truthful Maybe that is just me, but that's the impression I get. I feel like if I'm scrolling through my LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, I would probably, I would say that off of what I value and what I think is authentic, I can see disingenuine share. Mm. Yeah, I would agree with that, actually. I think I've certainly seen that um, over the years. Uh, You can tell. It's quite easy to see what's not being said or what is cloaked in or or all of that stuff. So yeah, I think you got a really good point there. Um, so you've been finding your way with a new uh, baby. You've been really busy with Tech Equal and some of your other projects, which I'll give you a chance to talk about in a second. What would be some of your top tips then uh, in terms of trying to create this elusive or perhaps even something that we can't really ever achieve, work-life balance or life-work balance? What are some of your top tips? You know what? I think my like my number one top tip for absolutely everybody is figure out what is important to you. <laughs> Once you pinpoint what is important to you, and I think this changes with time. So the things that are really important to me now and within the next five years are my family, um, watching and raising my daughter, being there for it, hopefully growing my family. So I now I know that that is my focus for the next five years, everything around me has to marry up to that. In five years time, when my children hopefully will be entering school, I'll have a different focus and different things will be important to me. But I think the key piece of advice for everyone is figure out what's most important to you now and figure out how to make everything else sit in marriage alongside of that. But in order to, I think, have work-life balance, you have to have an understanding of what's your priority and figure out your priorities and, yeah, marry marry them up as you, as you yeah. go. Yeah, that's great advice, like starting with the most important thing, which is going to be different for everyone, to your point, and, uh, and that, that's a really good place to start. Thank you. One final question that we always ask everybody. Um, what is one thing, in your opinion, that employers can do to improve employee well-being right now? I'm, I'm going to go back to it. I have already said it. Ask the question. Every, every team is different. Every group of employees is different and every employee will probably give you a different answer. But ask the question and don't be afraid to ask the question because I think, you know, you don't necessarily have to, you don't have to meet anybody's demands as an employee or as an employer but having an open conversation about what would improve my well-being, I will tell you and we can see where we go from there. And don't be afraid to have the conversation because I think that's the, there's got to be a starting point. I'm sure you see with lots of businesses, there's just got to be a starting point. And the one thing you can do now that requires very little effort is just go and have that conversation. Ask your okay. team time getting to know your team figure out what are their priorities and go from there find solutions from there 
I like that. Hashtag have the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> did we just start a movement? <laughs> Maybe we did. <laughs> All right. So we touched on a little bit about how you're really busy. You're involved in loads of projects. I know that you do lots of amazing work with your new project, Tech Equal, but you've also got your fingers in a few pies. So how can people find out more about what you're up to? So actually Tech Equal is probably the biggest thing that I'm up to at the minute. Um, and it's all about really um, creating tech equity within Teesside and really pushing um, opportunity for kids in Teesside to have tech jobs and creating tech jobs um, for the kids at Teesside. Um, and so everything we're doing, um, well, we're kind of working really hard behind the scenes at the moment, getting the backbones in place Um to really make some powerful impact within primary, um, within school, sort of finding a loop thread through education so we can make sure that people don't like fall through the cracks. Um, you know, it costs around 31 pence a day to support a child to have accessibility to tech in education, which for many businesses and individuals is, you know, a cup of coffee costs more. Um, and we're on about giving them opportunity to not just um, succeed, but actually thrive within Teesside. Um, so yeah, we have the website, it's www.techequal.co.uk, but people can also find me on LinkedIn if they want to have a conversation about how they can get involved or how they can help. Um, just reach out. I'm happy to have a chat. Have a conversation. <laughs> yeah <laughs> hashtag have a conversation <laughs> oh that's awesome and I would recommend anyone listening to this to go and check out Sarah's work and what they're doing over at Tech Equal it's uh, something that's much needed and um we're they're very lucky to have an ambassador like you pushing it if nothing else I can promise you a wicked conversation because I love to talk <laughs> <laughs> all right thank you so much Sarah thanks for listening to the key well-being podcast don't forget we've got a whole library of free guides toolkits resources and fortnightly lunchtime listens just like this with an epic lineup of guests all to help you to create a healthy happy workplace find it all on our website www.keywellbeing.co.uk 